everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a guest. I have Ashley Livingston here, and we are going to talk about co-parenting. I am really excited about this conversation. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about Ashley. Ashley is the founder and chief engagement officer of Our Forte. And I'm saying that right, right, Ashley? Yes, Our Forte. Um, Ashley and her team work with leaders to inspire them to bring their teams together through engagement and gratitude, empowering leaders to inspire. And I think this is so cool because, you know, our jobs are very different, but here you are inspiring corporate leaders to basically see the best in their employees or their teams and to strengthen the connection with them through engagement, really building empowerment for all and compassionate environments in the corporate world. And I do the same thing. I inspire parents who are the leaders of their home, of of their family, to build empowerment for all and compassionate environments. So here we are, Ashley, we're supporting people in building healthy relationships in the world. And I think the world can use a few more healthy relationships, right? Just a few. (laughs) So I just, I love that. I love what you do, that you are, you know, inspiring um, these things in the corporate world um, as, you know, as I'm doing in, in personal lives. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Diane. And I think you and I have had, you know, definitely, offline conversations as well. And I think one of the cool things is that you're working from the inside, right? Inside the home out, because we know that when our parents and our kids and everyone is healthy on the inside, they kind of can go out into the world and be their best selves outside. And I'm working from outside (laughs) so that we can send our parents home feeling more fulfilled and happy and stable and uh, practicing those healthy relationships. And somewhere in between, you know, your work and my work is going to create just awesome relationships and happier people just in general, healthier, happier people. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's dive into this conversation on co-parenting. And so give us a little bit of background of how you got here and why you're passionate about this. Because on the, 
given a little bit of background here, I didn't seek you out. You actually reached out to me and said, hey, I'd really like to talk about co-parenting. So tell us um, your passion about that, why, why that is important to you. Yeah, and I and I appreciate you kind of inviting me on to chat about this because I I am passionate. So, you know, going back, you know, I am a child of divorce and my ex-husband is also a child of divorce. And we as all of us, right? We're always learning from those who have come before us. And in a lot of the work that you and I both do, Diane, we we see and we want, we're looking for models of behavior. And I had this huge aha moment because originally I had committed to myself that never, ever, ever, regardless, I was never getting divorced. I was never getting divorced because I had believed a story I told myself was that I was going to be able to do better than my parents. And I was never going to put my kids through divorce like my parents had. And, you know, that was me super young and fairly naive, but also never truly being taught how to have a healthy relationship. And because I didn't have those models for that behavior. So fast forward, um, you know, years into my marriage and we have now a healthy, beautiful baby boy. And I started to realize that for me personally, I wasn't happy. And I started thinking about how much life there was left (laughs) and how I just was kind of going through the motions of life. And I realized that I was now modeling an unhealthy relationship in a different way to my son in that I was settling. I was settling. Yeah. So did did you find kind of find yourself where you had everything society said you're supposed to Mm -hmm. have to be Mm -hmm. happy. And yet there's this feeling inside of why am I not happy? Yeah. All the boxes were checked on paper and that's, that's just like a false reality. Right. And on paper, everything looked wonderful. And you know, and to be fair, my ex-husband now, the father of my son, he wasn't happy either. So neither of us were happy. And we were just going through, we were going through the motions. And I remember sitting there one time with my son, and you know, I was sitting on one end of the couch and my ex-husband sitting on the other end of the couch. And there was no intimacy, no, like there was no real like outward love. And it dawned on me that my son was going to be raised in a home where there was no hugging, there was no kissing, there was no cuddling, there was no positive words or affirmations and real true support and intimacy. And that actually rocked me more than the fear of getting divorced. And I thought, I want him so desperately to see what real love is. And I want him to be raised in a home that is just full of love and happy, you know, and I, I know we like use that word happy a lot, whatever that means, but where there's true joy and your parents are fully able to show up as full human beings, 
because they're living their best lives as well. Right. Like your healthiest life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like having that feeling inside of, I feel whole, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. What you said, Ashley, about just that awareness, having that awareness that, you know, for one, I really don't feel happy, which I think so many of us have. I mean, I remember having that too. Okay. All the boxes are checked. Why am I not happy? And then we kind of get down on ourselves and beat ourselves up for not being happy. Geez, you know, what do I need to be happy? Um, But just that awareness and then listening to it, that that's huge because like I say, we, a lot of times you just beat yourself up or we um, push it away. We don't really want to um, lean in and figure out what this is because that's scary, right? Like you're saying, it's like, well, there's not really love. I mean, we really have to look at all of the stuff and it does, it's not comfortable, but yeah. So tell us what, what happened from there. Yeah. So from there, you know, we had a conversation and we were both on the same page that the relationship wasn't what we wanted. And we were both probably going to be able to be better parents if we weren't together. And which is, you know, I say it in one sentence, but really it was (laughs) a lot more complicated than that. But at the end of the day, it was a fairly mutual understanding that things weren't going to get better because neither of us were really in it anymore. And the best thing to do was move forward together, but separately. And my other big aha moment came with, um, I was at one of my son's baseball games and my son was playing ball and my dad was sitting with me, my dad and his new wife sitting with me. And then I saw my mom's car pull into the parking lot and I immediately uh, was like, oh my goodness, no, not this. Because all I wanted to do is watch my son play baseball. And when I saw my mom pull up, knowing that I was already with my dad, I knew that my enjoyment of watching my son's baseball game was going to be ruined because now I was going to be managing my parents. (laughs) And you had to be, you were the, you had to make them both happy. I had to make them both happy and it was going to be awkward. And I was probably going to get, you know, well, why didn't you tell me she was coming or why didn't you tell me he was like, I was going to be 100% caught in the middle of what a lot of children of divorce probably know and recognize. And it, That also was another aha moment for me of, I will not do this to my son. Never, ever do I ever want him to be somewhere with his father and he see me pull up and go, oh no, mom's here. And and maybe maybe it's just because of my attitude, but maybe he can still be excited I'm there. Um, But I don't want him to feel that way because both his parents are together. That was my big thing. I don't want him. Yeah. That awkwardness or that caught in the middle or the managing his parents' emotions. Like that's not his job at all. So, you know, and I'm, you know, well into my thirties at this point and I'm still doing it. So again, it was a really good reminder to me of why I need to invest in the relationship, the co-parenting relationship with my ex so that we never make our child feel the way that we have felt 
by our parents. Yeah, so I think that's a really cool um, thing that you were aware of there too, that you were, you took on the job of making your parents happy, which I think as children, whether we're from divorced families or not, that is what we're conditioned to do, right? A good child is really to the core of that means make all the adults happy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've all been conditioned to this, you know, take care of everybody else's feelings. But because of your experience with having divorced parents and you be in the middle, you were actually able to recognize that, wait a minute, you know, I'm taking care of their feelings and I don't want to put that job on my child. No. And I also know the thoughts that go through my head at times, right? When it comes time for Christmas or Thanksgiving or other holidays where I'm thinking, I actually like, to be honest, COVID gave me a bit of a break <laughs> and not having to go and pick whose house I was going to because I just stayed home with my family. And it actually saved me from all of those really uncomfortable, awkward family fights that still happen. And I don't want my son to go through that. So as my, um, as you know, my ex and I started to navigate that, and I actually have since then, like met someone else and remarried. And um, so I'm actually now remarried to a woman. So that adds like another layer into our co-parenting. And she has been part of my son's life, you know, for a very long time, more than half his life now. So the three of us have had a lot of family meetings um, to talk about what our expectations are for each other. And we really truly approach co-parenting as a team sport, <laughs> right? It's, it's not one person's ego. And for us, it's very much a, how can the three of us support each other in supporting our son? And what can we do together to give him the most stable, loving, healthy experience for growing up? So how was your ex with all this at first? I mean, you know, was he just like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I think at first, well, and, you know, we were not together. And when I did introduce him to, to my wife, well, she wasn't my wife when I introduced him. <laughs> Let me go back. When I did introduce and say that I had met someone, you know, he, you know, he was really happy for me. And I think that, that's also maybe a good starting place because we did take care of each other as we split up. And I, I think that that is one of the ways that we were successful is that we approached our separation with the best intentions. We did not want it to be messy or mean or dirty fighting. Like we didn't even get divorce lawyers. We actually went through um, mediation. And when you do mediation, it is meant to be really coming out with the best outcome for both parties. And we wrote most of our separation agreement ourselves over drinks one night in the backyard. So, wow. and then we had our, you know, mediators legalize it, but we really did try to, as hard as it is, and it really is hard to put our egos 
aside um, and try and approach it with that kindness and open heart where at the end of the day, we're putting our child in his best interest first and our best interest and taking into account each other's best interest. That was at the forefront of all of our preliminary negotiations. So what jumps out at me is that there wasn't the blame being thrown back and forth. Like this, this did, this divorce is happening because of you or because you're not doing this or, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's that, that blame. Yeah. I think definitely, you know, during the marriage, when there was fighting or disagreements, that blame had already surfaced. Right. And by the time we knew that our marriage was over and we were both really okay with that decision, right? We were both really okay because I was able to paint the picture in my head for him as to what I wanted for our son. And when I was able to do that, you know, let him see a healthy, let him see and experience love, let him see his parents experiencing joy and adventure and all of those things that matter to us. That's where, you know, my ex was able to say, yeah, you're right. Like for like, we agree on that, right? We can, we can agree on that. And so that was really how we were able to move forward with everything and set the blame to the back burner. It didn't have a, it didn't have space in, in that part of our lives. That, that is such a beautiful story. Um, you know, and I think with you, you were both mutually saying, you know, yeah, let's end this. This isn't going well for either one of us. Um, but I know that there are a lot of people out there that that isn't the case, that mm-hmm. one wants to leave, the other doesn't want it to be over. And there's so much emotion going on. And actually that was my case. I was divorced when my children were teenagers and I didn't want that divorce. You know, he was the one that wanted that divorce. He had met somebody else, he wanted out. So there was a lot of emotion. Um, But I have to say that we too were able to co-parent. That was really important to me. But I will tell you, it was really hard (laughs) at times to just shut my mouth, um, bite my tongue. I've had to walk out of the room to not say negative things about, you know, their, their dad. And I was really, really passionate though, about not doing that to them. And, and I did not like you, I did not have the experience of having divorced parents. Um, so I didn't have that experience, but I just knew that, I didn't want this, um, you know, saying bad things about their dad, because I know that would be really hurtful to them because really, if I'm saying about their dad, I'm saying about them too. Um, so, you know, and it, I was, it wasn't perfect for sure. Um, but we were able to, um, rein at least some of that emotion in and, um, work through co-parenting. And so we have had this relationship too, where, you know, now my children are growing. And so it doesn't happen as often, but even family things like some of my grandchildren's birthdays and things, you know, we are all there, you know, he's remarried, I'm remarried. Um, You know, my ex-in-laws are there and, 
you know, my now in-laws. <laughs> so this is a whole yeah. big thing. And um, yeah. But it's such and, a and great that, example to show even your grandchildren um, that it doesn't have to be weird. So, you know, sometimes, you know, unfortunately for my son, you know, sometimes we will be at family things and he'll be like, Ooh, is grandma and grandpa coming? And he can pick up on the tension. He, and that's, you know, a bit sad to me at times because I, as much as I was trying to protect him from having to make those choices, unfortunately, he still does sometimes find himself caught in between their dynamic. But again, it has opened up opportunities for him and I to talk about, see, buddy, this is why like your dad and I and Kate, we work so well together. Like this is, this is why, this is why your dad sleeps over on Christmas Eve so that we can all wake up Christmas morning together. This is why we celebrate your birthday together. This is why, you know, we, we have um, my ex here on Father's Day because he doesn't have a partner at this moment. But you know, so that my son can give his dad a father's day. Well, we're going to help him do that because that's what you should do. And I hope that when my son grows up, he does that, you know, divorced or not, or just, you know, leads with kindness. Super amazing. You are really modeling to him healthy relationships. And you I know will what say the re- nice, <laughs> go ahead. You know what it reminds me of, Ashley? Mm. <laughs> you remind me of the Glennon Doyle. <laughs> I know. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. her and Abby and Craig and you know they're all this. You know, we're we're the average version of that. <laughs> we're the everyday version. I just had to bring that up. Version. It's like it's been on my mind. It's like you know, this reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, but I also think too, you know, being so and there's still a lot of emotion, right? I think that there are times where you know, it's hard when my son still goes and like he leaves and goes and stays at, you know, his dad's house and then he's coming home and transitions are definitely like, we still absolutely struggle with those things of having two homes and, you know, forgetting things at one house and the other, and, you know, how to best prepare your child for those transitions. The, the nice thing is, is that if he's going to have those challenges, at least he has three parents who are all on the same page and team working to make it as smooth as possible for him, as opposed to challenging or putting up more barriers when he's already dealing with some challenges. So, and even just you know, the same type of rules at our house, as opposed to his father's house, like we try very much. And that's why those family meetings are really important for us to say, okay, he's nine now. What, what are the expectations of a nine-year-old and how do we want to do that so that we can all sit down and agree on the same thing so that home here looks similar to home at his dad's. And for him, he knows he's not going to be getting away with a ton. Like when I was younger, I got away with a ton because I was able to play off of that divorced parent guilt or the not knowing. We all know, <laughs> right? I have, I have a group chat on my phone with my wife and my ex-husband. <laughs> I share a calendar with my wife and ex-husband 
And the three of us have access to see all of those things, excuse me, all the time. So we are, we work very hard to be on the same page. We might not always agree, but we end up on the same page. Yeah. And that's so important. I just, I love that you have had the courage to live a non-traditional life in a traditional world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, it's actually, um, I, you know, for us, we just do it, right? We've been doing this and I think the three of us are very focused on the, what we don't want. So we know what path to take to shape what we do want. Um, So for anyone else, you know, maybe start there with the, what you don't want for your child or what you don't want for that, that co-parenting relationship. Um, But it's always entertaining when people see us together and they're kind of like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. or wait, what do you mean you're going away on vacation together? Like, what do you mean you're, you're doing this? And it's like, but that's just how we're doing it. Like for us, that's what works. And I, yeah, I think that's such great role modeling. You know, you're a leader in saying, showing, you know, how this can work. And I think even when it can't work that way, I mean, just there in reality, sometimes there are relationships that just aren't going to be able to do that. But I still think you can co-parent. And I think a lot of that is just letting go of the control, you know, being afraid of, well, they have different rules and they need to have the same rules. And, you know, really they don't. Um, Children will be able to adapt to what it is that's going on in your house. And we just kind of have to let go of control. And I think one of the biggest fears um, that I hear is, you know, we, we fear so much how our kids are going to turn out mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the fear of screwing up our kids. And so it's like, well, I'm doing all this work and working so hard to not screw up the kids. And then you're going to come along and screw up the kids. Yeah. <laughs> And I just think that is really, it comes down to shame. It -hmm. comes down to if my, I mean, what is, what does that even mean? Screwing up my kids. What does that look like? What does screwing up our kids mean? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it probably means if I think about that, if I think about, okay, if I screwed up my kids, they'd probably be on, you know, I don't know, on drugs or alcohol Mm -hmm. or the bully at school, right? The, you know, that's, I think one of, parents' worst nightmares is the bully. Like we'd rather have- Or the self-loathing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just think that screwing up my kids thing is just that unworthiness, which comes back to us Mm -hmm. and doing the work on um, our own worthiness. I think so much of the time we connect our worthiness to our children's behaviors. You know, that whole societal fear of judgment. so yeah, it's, and it's again, going back to those stories that we've been told, right. Yes. And it's the, well, this is what, you know, a marriage is supposed to look like, and this is what parenting is supposed to look like. And this is what, but let's be real. Like my life did not take, you know, it started off down that straight and narrow path of, you know, go to school, get married, do the baby thing, like all of that. But then it was like, nah, you're going to go on a roller coaster ride and it's going to be a lot more exciting and it's <laughs> going to be different. And you never know what twist and turn is going to come. But 
I have surrounded myself by people who are going along for the ride with me. And, you know, I've gotten to the point too, where I'm so thankful that my husband wanted out of our marriage Mm, (laughs) because I think, you know, we for sure didn't have a healthy, I mean, we were not modeling healthy relationships. Um, And I am so grateful that the person he wanted to be with came along because, you know, all of that happened. And my life now is, I mean, a thousand times different um, Mm -hmm. and better. And, you know, we're all thriving now, you know, so. um, Yeah. And I think too, like, I know that we are, I don't want to say lucky because I don't, I'm not sure it's luck, but it's like kind of like the energy that we've attracted, you know, with my ex and and my wife and myself, like we're, we're all very intentional and we're all willing to work with one another. But I think for the couples out there, the families out there who don't necessarily have that willing other side, know that you still get to do things, how you still get to model good behavior yourself. Right. So co-parenting for me looks like being on the same page. It looks like shared calendars. It looks like healthy boundaries and inclusion. Like it, it looks that way for us, but you get to still decide on, on your end of things, what you want to model. And if you want to still just keep showing up or, you know, you, maybe you have a narcissist or you have somebody who's always letting you down on the other side, like you're actually going to teach your kid how to deal with that moving forward. You, by, you know, holding strong boundaries for yourself, you're teaching your kid how to have boundaries with that other parent. Um, By being, you know, kind and still showing up and showing up in a good, strong way, you were showing your kid how to do that with this other person as well. And as your child grows, you know, most of us, in the moment when we're kids, we don't ever look at anything probably the way it truly is because we just can't, we're too young. But as you age, you can kind of look back and go, whoa, like mom did all of this stuff and dad didn't, or dad took on this huge role and and where was mom? Or these, you can, you start to sort it out, I guess is what I'm saying. And this fear of screwing up your kids, like your kids are way smarter than you give them credit for. And as they age and get into relationships themselves, that's when I think they're going to be a bit more reflective and realize everything that went on. Right. Right. And I think part of that screwing up our kids too, we, is that, that we have felt the I don't know, the anger and resentment maybe of some experiences we had in our childhood, like you were talking about. But had you not had those experiences, you wouldn't have come to the conclusions that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's about, you know, screwing up our kids. We all are going to have a journey. Our kids are going to have a journey. Um, and yeah, life's a journey, yeah. right? And you get to pick. And I think you get to choose what role you play in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think what you're saying is that this is what co-parenting looked like for me. Mm-hmm. These are the possibilities. This was what co-parenting looked like for myself. And there's the possibilities. And, you know, co-parenting may look different for everybody. It doesn't have to look the same, but what 
I think we want to um, have our listeners here is that co-parenting can be um, empowering. Mm-hmm. You can um, have the power still to create your own life and a life for yeah. your child. Um, and, just and you knowing- still get to be a family, right? Like, and you know, my son asked me actually just last week, um, he said, he's like, okay, well show me how much love you have for me. You know? And I was like, I, okay, okay, buddy. I'm like, you have my whole heart. He's like, well, if I have your whole heart, where does Kate fit? I'm like, okay, we're getting very literal here. And as we started to go through of like, you know, you both are my heart. And he's like, well, what about my dad? Is my dad not, you don't love him? I'm like, of course I love your dad. Like, and to him, sometimes he's like, you do, you love my dad. Like, of course I love your dad. Like he is our family. I would never. Part of why you're here. Yeah. Like he is, I'm not in love with him. Like it's trying to even explain the different types of love, but like he is our family. Like we have done, we've done COVID together, right? Like we have been a family unit. We have done travel together. We've done like big moments and low moments. And, you know, when there was a loss in his family, you know, when his father passed away, we were his first phone call, right? Like we were, Kate and I were the people he called, like we are friends. And I think if you can try, and I know it's like some people are thinking probably they've probably stopped listening by now, Diane, I apologize (laughs) that they're like, nah, I'm not, I can't do that. But you know, you can set boundaries for it too. Right. And you get to decide how you show up in every relationship you have. And, and that is empowering and you can do so with boundaries and kindness and, and just modeling the type of behavior you hope that your child will do one day. I think that's a great place to end when Mm. you get to choose, you get to choose what you bring to this. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Thank you so much, Ashley. I think this thank was you. just such a wonderful conversation. So thank you for taking the time to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the beauty and behavior podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at diannesorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the beauty and behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.